This is the Creative Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Lopez. Hope you enjoy this podcast. It's set up and designed for coaches, leaders, and influencers to share their stories and inspire others to share their stories as well. That we can all learn together as a community and get better every day. So thank you for listening. You're season two. Today's guest is Ryan Hyland. Coach Hyland is the head coach for the men's team at John Jay College of Criminal Justice. We talked to him today about thoughtfulness, rest, reflection, tolerating losing, and how to provide opportunities. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and you look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Mike. Coach Hyland, man, I'm just excited to have you on. Uh, really, you know, for, for a number of reasons, uh, as we spoke earlier about, you know, you winning Coach of the Year uh, within your conference, uh, you know, you being there in New York City, kind of at the epicenter of all kind of the wild and crazy times right now. Uh, there's just so much uh, perspective that I think I could pull from you, and that's what we want here is just our listenership to kind of get different perspectives. And, uh, and I just think that you, you'll bring a lot to the table, but I want to start off like I always do coach in that. How are you introduced to the game of basketball? Uh, you know, like a lot of people and a lot of people we've had on, on the podcast before, um, started really young for me and was very centered around my, my family and my dad and, and, uh, you know, the neighborhood in breezy point where I grew up and, um, it was never really an option not to uh, to love the game and to be a part of the game. Um, you know, I remember from being you know five, six, seven years old, going to the CYO clinics and playing in the summer leagues, and I got a little bit older, and um, you know, it was something that's always been celebrated within um, my family, from my dad and his four brothers all playing at some level, uh, high school or college, or, or you know, my uncle Ray who wound up playing uh, overseas for a long time, and. Um, you know, those were role models for me and guys I always looked up to anytime there was a, a spare moment or, were, um, you know, breaking the action of, of crazy childhood life. You know, my dad, my brother and I were sitting at a basketball game somewhere, um, you know, in New York City and, and trying to absorb everything that it had to give from a basketball perspective. So um, I don't know the day I was introduced, but, um, you know, I can't remember a time in my life where basketball wasn't a big part of it. That's great, coach. You know, you mentioned CYO. That's kind of where I started playing, and that's where I started coaching as well. Uh, got a lot of love for the Catholic youth organization, man. There's just uh, opportunity there for players and coaches to kind of learn the game. Uh, it just, it's just a great organization. I don't think it gets enough run. You know, we, we hear all the time about AAU, which is, you know, it's there and it's necessary. But at the, you know, I guess below the grassroots level, you know, mm-hmm. four or five year olds playing basketball with the smallest ball possible, lowering the baskets, all of that, man, it's just a pure, it's so pure. And uh, I enjoyed it. I always look back to it and say, man, uh, what I would, I should probably just go back and do that on my off time is just coach a CYO team would be great, man. So yeah, I, I completely understand that whole the upbringing and, and your experience. 
So coach. Yeah, the, the, fir- the first time anyone ever let me uh, coach, sorry to, to jump in. First time everyone ever let me coach, my mom was actually coaching a, an eighth grade CYO team. And wow. uh, I got to be her assistant coach when I was about uh, 16, 17 years old. So there you go. Um, yeah. I'll always remember back to that a little bit as well. Yeah, coach, you know, I started, my brother was four. Uh, it was a four and five year old team. I started when I was 15, right? My dad was the head coach. I was the assistant. He taught me how to deal with people. I taught him how to uh, about the game and or what I knew about the game to that to that point. Uh, but it set a course for my life because ever since then, I've coached a team since I was 15 year old, 15 years old. And I'm at the tender, tender age of 40 and I've always have had a team and I've always coached and I've always been in it to win it. man. so, yeah, that 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 experience, that launching pad. There's a lot to be said about it and uh, opportunity, man. Opportunity is everything for us that have that itch to lead and coach and, you know, all that. So great stuff, coach. Uh, what was your experience as a player coming up through your younger years? Uh, I'll preface all of this with uh, I was not a very good player. <laughs> um you know, I was always playing, uh, even through college, um, you know, had a great opportunity to be part of a team and, and play very sparingly, but, um, you know, the, I was always around really good players, which I, I think helped, um, as to why I didn't play as much, but, um, you know, I, I knew my days, even as a, you know, 15, 16 year old in high school, I knew that, um, I was never going to make money playing basketball. Um, I knew I loved the game. I knew I loved being around the game, but, uh, I was pretty realistic in, you know, um, where my ceiling was and how quickly I had ascended to it as a, you know, 15 or 16 year old. Yeah. Um, you know, so being, um, you know, student athlete at, at poly prep in high school, um, you know, I got to be around a great team and a great coach with Billy McNally. And, um, I found ways onto the court. Uh, I knew how to run every play we had from every position. I knew the scout team stuff. I knew the, you know, every defense, every trick in the book that coach had. Um, I knew my ticket onto the court for whether it was two minutes or 20 minutes was going to be because of, um, you know, because of my brain more than, than my ability as a basketball player. So I was able to plug some holes for our team in high school and, and, um, I was happy with that role. Um, you know, I think a lot of people would have been pretty frustrated or, or want more out of it, but I, I kind of knew my limitations and, you know, my parents were, were really good with me in that role of, of understanding kind of where I was. And, um, it gave me a lot of time to, to, to sit with the coaching staff and to be around before and after practice and watching film. And, um, you know, that's where I think in high school, where I really fell in love with the coaching side of things. And, um, you know, that opportunity even grew further when I went to Catholic university and, and met Steve Howes and, um, you know, my first year at Catholic, I was not ever on the practice court. I was never in a practice Jersey. Um, I was, a, I was a manager and I got to see practices and games from, you know, from the sidelines for the first time in my life. And, um, my role kind of adapted over the years and, you know, sophomore year I wound up actually playing and being part of the team and, and getting in some games and in a practice Jersey most days. But, nice. um, you know, still kind of running around and doing the managerial duties as well. That was kind of my end of the bargain. Um, and that circled back around senior year, junior year, I was, I was back in, in a manager role and hurt my shoulder, had surgery actually. Wow. Um, so took the opportunity to go over to, to Italy for a semester, but uh, came back senior year and, and kind of continued the, the half player, half coach, half manager wow. uh, somehow. And, um, you know, I don't have an illustrious 
career. I never scored a thousand points or anything like that, but yeah. um, you know, it was part of two really great places and two great teams, and, and played with some great players along the way, and, and obviously uh, two great coaches that had a tremendous impact on on kind of what I'm doing now. Yeah, no, that's the whole point, I think, and that's why you know, I ask these questions, and some coaches are like, "Yeah, I wasn't a great player." Well, I'm, that's the point of it is, what was your experience? The point is, what was your experience as a coach coming up? Like you talked about your time as a student manager slash coach slash player. Man, that experience is invaluable. I don't, I don't know any other word to use, especially when it comes to what you're doing now there at John Jay. You know, uh, if a coach gives you a shot like you had there at the Catholic University of America, it's like, man, take full advantage of it. And it's, it's, it's something that every coach, every young coach, every aspiring college coach, high school coach, whatever, once you get your opportunity, take advantage of it and make the most of it. We're all look, you know, you talked about how you were a role player, man. That's every coach needs those guys. Those guys who you said, I know what my role is and I'm just going to do it. Every coach needs that kid, that player. And so, uh, and that player usually does wind up in end up, you know, wanting to go into coaching and, learning the game and just understanding more. But I think the experience, Coach, I really do like that, what you shared. So now, like I said, as the head coach of John Jay, uh, I'm sorry, John Jay, sorry. Sorry, but damn, John Jay, I'm thinking of, we have a local high school here called John Jay. And I'm like, wait a minute, hold on, time out. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I've so, actually, uh, there's been people along the way that, that have, you know, I'll be in an airport wearing a John Jay shirt or hat or something and, I was actually down in San Antonio earlier this year and I had a couple of people ask me about a, you know, a half court shot that won the state championship yeah. a few years ago. And, and I had no, I, yeah. I had no idea what they're talking about. And I'm looking <laughs> at them, you know, with, with eight heads and, and they're staring right at me, pointing at my shirt, screaming John Jay. And I'm like, I'm from Manhattan, man. I don't, I don't know what you're, I don't know what you're getting at. Congratulations yeah. on winning, but <laughs> yeah, no, that was so long ago too. But it was, it was a great shot by Chris Ross, man. It was an ESPN top. You know, he won at the, he won award at the ESPYS for that shot. So yeah, it's a pretty monumental shot. But wow. yeah, sometimes you down here in San Antonio, we think John Jay, we think of the high school. But uh, sorry about that, Coach. But you know, you know, we're here again talking about your your time you know, as a manager, student assistant, player, all that. Did that help you make your decision to go into the profession overall? Uh, no question. Um, I, I think I knew sometime in high school that, um, you know, that I wanted to get into coaching. And, and I think in the beginning it was, um, I, don't, I don't think it was the romanticized story that you hear from a lot of coaches in terms of like, you know, I really wanted to help people or um, I wanted to be a teacher and this was a way to teach. I, I don't think I had that that wherewithal as a, you know, 17, 18 year old kid. Um, I recognized that it was something I was good at. Um, I recognized that I could, um, you know, have a career where, you know, I get to be around basketball for eight, 10, 12, 15 hours a day, um, and, and be good at it. And, um, and I think that's where I got started. I think it's changed immensely since then. I don't, I don't look at it the same way now. Um, I enjoy the teaching side. I enjoy the practices. You know, I obviously love the kids that, that we get to deal with. Um, you know, but I think that was when I first realized it was, um, you know, when I was sitting on the sideline with the coaches and I'm seeing what they were seeing in real time and, you know, we're watching film and, you know, I can recognize some of the things that, you know, my teammates can't at the same exact time. So, yeah. um, I, I think my time 
in that role definitely got the wheels turning as to how, how can I make this my life? How can I make this a profession? And, um, you know, a million other things have gone into play to, to make it happen. But um, I don't think if I was um, in any other situation in high school or college that I'm, I'm sitting here as a coach now at John Jay. Yeah, no, that's fantastic, Coach. You're being very honest about how things went. You know, I like how you said about, you know, initially it was just about, hey, I'm good at this, let's do it. It wasn't about, you know, kind of the uh, social aspect of it and mentoring and all that, leadership. Uh, and here again, I can completely relate to that because when I started coaching, it wasn't about, it was about, first of all, being around my family, my brother in particular, being with my dad. Uh, and then as I got older, it was like, yeah, I'm good at this. I can get kids to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk a lot of trash, 18-year-old, 19-year-old coach talking trash, right? So that's what we do. And at one point, I just I hit a wall like, yeah, <laughs> there's more I could do with this. Wow. You know, as as players started coming back or I'd see them at the stores, hey, coach, blah, 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 blah. I think, man, this is something deeper than just basketball. Wow. So, yeah, I, I completely hear what you're saying. And, and here again, sympathize with it completely. So, coach, give me a memorable moment that kind of takes you back to your first year as a coach where you were like, all right, I'm a coach. I belong. I'm here. Do you have anything like that? Uh, there's a couple of small ones, I think, along the way. Uh, I remember my first meeting. Um, I walked into a room um, a couple weeks after I was hired. First time meeting the whole team. And, um, you know, I was I had just turned 25 at the time. And I walk into the room and uh, the team I took over at John Jay had six seniors. Yeah. And I think three or four of them at the time were within a year of me. Oh, wow. <laughs> age-wise so yeah. um i think that was the first time that i i really had that kind of cartoon gulp of like what the <laughs> heck am i doing i'm not ready to do this yeah um and then you know i, I think that kind of leads up to you know through the summer through practice and, and kind of get my feet under me and get going and i remember the first time realizing like you know th this is this is my program this is this is what i you know, the outside world is going to think of, of what I do as a coach and, and how we represent ourselves and really, you know, buying into the culture side of things and, and doubling down. And I had some great assistance along the way that, that helped do that. But um, in terms of one memory, I think the, the first win sticks out, yeah. which I think it always will. Yeah. Um, we were playing in a tournament at NYU. Um, we had lost the night before to NYU by, uh, I think it was close to 30. Um, they were really good and I was really foolish. I thought we were going to win. Um, I had the guys all ready to go run through a wall and we got out there and it was close for about 30 seconds. Um, and, and, wow. and we had, we had, we had the tough challenge of obviously playing in a, a preseason, early season tournament, um, you know, getting everything together, getting over the loss and, and playing less than 24 hours later. Yeah. We played, um, SUNY old Westbury the next day and, and our guys played really well. We had, um, we, we had a, a point guard who, who kind of went off at about 25 points to Rel Robinson. And um, I remember the game ending, the buzzer going off, turning around, seeing, you know, family and friends very excited for us. And um, before I could go and shake uh, Bernard Tomlin, the coach of Old Westbury's hand, Joe Neshi, the coach of NYU, was on the court with the basketball, kind of shoving it into my stomach. Um, and, and that was, that was, I mean, that's something that I, I get emotional thinking about it every time. Nice. Um, Joe, Joe didn't need to do that. Yeah. You know, 
Joe wasn't in that game. It was his tournament, obviously, but um, you know, he went above and beyond there. And um, that little bit of, of extra gratitude, I think I've carried with me through my years and trying to find ways to um, do little things like that for other players, other coaches, other fans, you know, administrators, teachers, whoever it may be that, um, you know, I can go maybe above and beyond what would be a normal gesture. Um, you know, I, I think Joe went way above in that regard. And I have that basketball sitting, you know, in my office. Um, I look at it every day and I think about that and, and it brings me back to the first year and brings me back to the first win and, and kind of you know, reminds me of, uh, you know, the person, the coach that I want to be. Yeah. Coach, you're talking about a lot of things there as far as that's concerned, you know, thoughtfulness, kindness, uh, <laughs> simple things, man, that us as coaches, if we can show to one another on a professional level and on a competitive level as well, man, that kind of brings the the brotherhood, if you will, closer. Because, yeah, you know, those are memorable moments, but some people had a hand in it as well that you wouldn't even have probably considered. But they were considerate enough to do what they did and that's great coach it's a great story man because yeah every I, I wish i could get the ball back for my first win ever that'd be great you know just to kind of you know i love collecting basketballs with like we're former players the whole team have signed i really do like that that's one of my i guess uh people say well coach you just you know you you have to be humble right you're like i don't i really don't need anything i really don't want anything just you know guys give me your all but at, at the end of the day, really, I'm like, man, y'all better give me a signed basketball from the seniors at least. <laughs> Something, you know, kind of one of those things. So that's great, Coach. Uh, it, it, kind of switching gears here, Coach, and, and as we talked about earlier at the onset about kind of the situation going on right now in, in New York City and around the world as well, but particularly because you're there in New York City. Given the current situation, Coach, in, in society and, and in there in New York City, how are you processing the situation right now and kind of keeping your program somewhat uh, up and running? You know, it, it's tough. Um, and like we talk about with our guys and, and there's obviously, um, you know, individual frustration uh, across the world right now in terms of not being able to do what you should be or would be or um, want to be doing and, and obviously having to do our part and, and kind of stay isolated. Um, you know, we talk to our guys about, you know, yes, it, it, it stinks. And, and that's not something anybody's going to change your mind on. But, um, you know, it's important to realize that it's not just us. It's not just John Jay. And, um, you know, we all have to play a little bit of a role, especially here in New York. And, um, you know, a good amount of our guys are, are from the city and live in the city. And um, their daily life involves, you know, being a, a part of that city and, and really the city's part of our campus. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a big adjusting period for everybody. Um, you know, we ended our season uh, about two weeks before, you know, we shut everything down at John Jay and I usually like to, to give them some space. Um, yeah. You know, we usually kind of get away for two weeks. Uh, yeah. You know, don't come by the office, don't go into the gym, stay out of the weight room. Yeah. Um, and then we start our, you know, end of the year meetings and, and things of that sort, kind of that St. Patrick's Day time. Um, and, and we had to do that virtually this year, like a lot of coaches are doing. And if you look at, you know, Twitter and Instagram, you see everybody's you know, Zoom meetings. And, you know, it's, if you're not posting about it, it, it's almost like taboo at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, so we did that with our guys and, and 
I had one-on-one meetings with all of them, and you know, we have some great, great assistant coaches who are, um, you know, doing our our part to stay on top of them academically and, and to be there for questions and concerns and you know just conversation. Um, you know, we have a great group of guys, and um, it's not uncommon for them to come by and you know in groups of two, three, five, ten, and you know pop into the office and sit on the couch and kind of just you know, hang out for a while. So that, that getting taken away from them is tough, let alone the fact that they can't get in the gym or, or see each other. So, um, you know, we're trying to keep things normal. Um, we're not trying to overwhelm them or overbear them. Um, you know, read a really interesting article the other day that just talks about, you know, giving your guys space. Um, yeah. you know, this is the time you find out a lot about your players, you know, give them space to explore, give them space to, you know, to not, not slack off, but, you know, take care of their work, take care of what they need, but also, you know, enjoy sleeping in if they can sleep in or, you know, not working out for a day if, if they can get by with it. Um, yeah. You know, I think we're, we're all have to understand all of our guys are going to be somewhat out of shape or somewhat, you know, off tune when, when this all ends. So, um, you know, the coach is being able to accept that and, and, you know, not overbearing our guys, you know, letting them live a little bit, um, maintaining communication, maintaining oversight with them, um, obviously keeping the track on the academics, and, and that's really, really important for us, and um, I'm sure it is for every coach. But, um, you know, I don't need to talk to them every day. I don't need to FaceTime with them every day. We don't need to have six conference calls a week. Um, you know, they're adults, and, and we need to treat them like that. And, and our guys, I think, are really enjoying that and, and thriving in that situation. And they're getting their work done, which is the, the biggest thing for me. And, and when this is all done, we'll – you know, we'll reconvene and, and we'll make sure we're on the right track to, to win again next year. Yeah, Coach, I like what, you, what you're talking about there because I think this time of uh, basically rest and I hope reflection uh, really brings them to a place of just really a, a sharper focus, I guess is what I would hope for players out there. There's a sharper focus. There's a more uh, specific design to what they're going to do moving forward. Uh, with their bodies, with their nutrition, with uh, the game. Uh, because this all shows them really quickly, hey, it can be gone in a heartbeat. There's nothing promised to you, not even the game. Uh, yeah, you can go outside and shoot around and practice social distancing, but we could we compete for for something, you know, every day showing up to practice. We compete for something every day in the classroom. You compete for something when the lights are on and the referees are there and we're yelling at them. Uh, we compete, but when that gets taken away, who are you competing against? Because you still got to be in competition mode. You really do. And so my hope is that kids are you know, competing with themselves or against themselves in a sense. Uh, and understanding that there's a, a boatload of guys out there not doing anything. They're not even resting. They're not reflecting. They're not thinking about anything, just messing around playing two care, whatever. Uh, I think those are real, those are far, there's far few in between, but I think that's where they'll have the advantage and they'll be rewarded for their hard work during this time. So really like what you're talking about coach about the rest. Cause I think that's, uh, we love to see these guys work. I love seeing guys in the gym all the time, you know, gym rats, but then there's mm-hmm. a time too, where I'd like to say, Hey, let's go home, read a book, relax, talk to your parents, you know, talk to somebody, you know, face to face. That is, don't just uh, text, get out there and, and mingle. So, yeah, I think that's a good thing for them, Coach, during this time. Uh, so, Coach, 
you know, looking back on your, your previous season, you guys had a ton of success. Won your conference there at the City University of New York Athletic Conference. Uh, you got Coach of the Year. How do you look to build on that success, Coach? It's hard. Um, you know, this time, kind of circling back to the last question and, and looping it in here, it's a lot of reflection. Um, you know, I think what we we had as a success as a team this year, um, you know, I think it started really four or five years ago in, in terms of building the program with, with the right people. And, um, you know, we lose some of the, the big contributors and, and Doug Levy and Jason Brower and um, Luciano Cruz Fernandez and O'Neill Smith, you know, the four seniors that are leaving us, obviously they leave a pretty big hole, both statistically and leadership wise in our locker room. Um, you know, but I think what we built over the past four or five years, like I said, with the, you know, the right people, um, I think the success can be carried on to next year. Um, you know, I think we lose uh, obviously a decent amount of scoring and size and, and you can look at on paper, we lose a lot, but, um, I, I think what we have talked about as a staff is, is what we gain, um, you know, moving on with, with the group that we have. Um, you know, we have guys like Kyle LaGuardia. We have guys like Angel Rivera, Garrison Watkins that are, you know, they're Swiss Army knives, basically. Yeah. Um, each of them can play and guard four or five positions. Um, wow. You know, they're they're all long. They're, they're kind of like the old VCU, Shaka Smart, Will Wade teams where they're that their arms hanging down to their knees and <laughs> they can all pass dribble shoot enough and, and defend a few different guys. So, yeah. um, you know, while we lose the player of the year and a first team hall conference guy, uh, I can't say I'm excited for next year in that regard. Um, but I am, I am really excited to see, um, how we can turn our, our team and kind of morph a little bit. You know, we pressed a good amount this year. Um, we played a ton of five out and, and kind of, um, you know, Milwaukee Bucks style offense. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think we can carry a lot of those things over next year and, and be really dynamic in, in the way we do it. Um, I think we're longer, more athletic and a little bit, um, a little bit more versatile even than we were last year. And, and I think the way we played uh, with Doug and Jason as, as key cogs in the wheel there, um, you know, we're not going to replace them necessarily, but I think we can carry on what they did really successfully and just adjust it a little bit. I think we have guys ready to step into to pretty big shoes like like Kyle and, and Garrison and Romello Ford. And, um, you know, we've got a couple of kids committed right now that we're really excited about that, that fit the style of play and more importantly fit, um, you know, our, our locker room. And they're good people and good students and come from great families. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for next year. I'm excited whenever you know, gets to start. Um, I think we'll, we'll have a bullseye on our back deservedly. And, you know, for the first four or five years of, of my career, John Jay, we were dying to get that bullseye. So yeah. uh, we're excited to wear it now. And, um, you know, it's harder to, to fend teams off when you're at the top, but yeah. it's a challenge. I think everyone on our team is really excited to, to be. That's great coach. You, you, uh, people say, be careful what you ask for, but I think it's more like embrace what you ask for. once you get it, and uh, nope. protect it because it's very valuable, especially like you said, man, it's something that you had been wanting. Uh, you're going to get everybody's best shot. And that's great. That's what you want because your guys want to compete. If they came there, there to just dominate, that's probably not the best fit for, you know, at, at that level for young men to just come in and just win every game because they showed up to the gym. Like, no, you show up to the gym. Everybody wants you getting out of the bus. And so it's just a great way to up their level of play, their intensity, 
and uh, opportunity for those guys coming up now. You know, you lose you lose important players, but that just means opportunity for the next guys up. And uh, hopefully they embrace that and take that with them and use that as a challenge because that's a lot of fun, in my opinion. So, Coach, Absolutely. you think about, you know, every coach sacrifices something to be where they're at. And I just want to ask you, now as a head coach, what have you sacrificed to be where you're at today? I think I've, I think I've been really lucky. Um, you know, I, I don't have a ton. I think I had to sacrifice. Um, you know, when I, when I was leaving Catholic in, in 2014, um, I, I knew that time was coming. I was a graduate assistant at the time. Um, I knew come May 17th, I was graduating. And yeah. um, as much as I loved Catholic and I hope they loved me that, you know, it, it wasn't a place I was going to be able to stay as an assistant. So, um, you know, it was kind of like the little, the little bird that had to learn how to fly because they were getting pushed off the <laughs> cliff. Um, you know, so I, I sat there like a lot of people do every year and I, you know, waited for hoop dirt and click refresh 15 times a day. And <laughs> I have applied to, to every job that opened and, um, I got really lucky. Um, I got an interview with John Jay and, and at the time it's not something I was interested honestly in, in any bit. Um, I was applying for video coordinator jobs and director of operations jobs at, at you know, the division one level and a couple of assistant spots at, at division ones and division twos and even, um, you know, higher level division threes. And, um, when I got the opportunity to come back to New York and, and to be a head coach at John Jay, um, you know, uh, sacrifice is definitely not what, what comes to mind. I, I really think I was, you know, more than fortunate. Um, I got to come back to New York city. I got to come back home and be around my family and my friends that I had, you know, not been around for seven years living in DC. And, um, you know, I didn't have to sacrifice a ton. I was really fortunate. And I think anybody who, um, you could find a million stories like this, you know, I, I was fortunate that my, parents were able to let me move back home for a year and, and get yeah. my feet under me while I was back in New York. And I was really fortunate to, you know, have a girlfriend at the time who a year later moved up to New York and we moved in together and, you know, helped support me in that, that job. And, yeah. um, you know, I think they sacrificed a lot more than I had to along the way. And, yeah. um, they had to deal with me, you know, leaving in the middle of the night to go recruit or getting, getting up early in the morning to go, you know, drive a cab for Lyft or, you know, work late at the bar on a Saturday night. Um, you know, they had to sacrifice a lot of what would be normal for them. Um, you know, they let me kind of work. They let me get out and, and make ends meet in the beginning years of it. Um, so that, you know, we could have a successful season last year and hopefully, you know, the next 40 years I'm doing this are, are awesome. successful as those. Yeah. Coach, it's great. I like what you said right there. The next 40 years, I, I, I always tell guys play the long game, man. If you think you're the, you're at this six, uh, when I'm 60, I'm going to retire and I'm 55 and retire. You've already got, you've already got the wrong idea. Like this is something that in myself at 40, I'm thinking I'm going to do this till I'm 70, maybe beyond. Like I'm just in that mindset. So yeah, I like what you said there coach about others sacrificing though, because there's something, something you don't get the goodness in life like this without somebody sacrificing for you or you yourself. And, that's great. You have the right perspective, and, and I'm thank you, thank you for sharing that. Because, yeah, trying to live in that city with with uh, minimal pay or you know, it's it's a difficult. So you do need somebody there to kind of help you, and your parents, your girlfriend, all that. That's great stuff, Coach. So, I I think you know you talk about starting off at the CYL level coaching and 
you know, throughout your career, having, you know, different experiences and, you know, working with people, constantly working with people. You sometimes see yourself in them. You sometimes uh, exposes who you are that you were trying to either avoid or not come to terms with just yet. Uh, but you learn, you learn about yourself and you move on. So coach, what have you learned about yourself throughout your career? I think I've learned a lot. Uh, I think I'm still learning uh, a lot every day and, and, um, you know, resources like, like your podcast and, and all the different guys on, on social media that, that put a ton of information out there. I think every time I read something, I, I learned something about myself one way or the other, either I really like that or, or, you know, that's, that's crazy. I'll never be like that. Um, I think what I've learned from my own experiences, uh, I think it took a couple of years too. Um, I learned that I, I really don't like losing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah. And and I don't think I'm unique in that way, but (laughs) I think, I think it really did take, it it took a couple of years. I, I started, um, you know, my career at John Jay, we started eight and 61 over the first two years. Wow. Um, um, two and a half, we went 0 and 9 to start my third year. And, um, you know, I, I think that Christmas break time where we had about two weeks off, um, yeah. I learned, I learned how to change things. I learned how I had to be adaptable. I learned that, um, you know, I, I, I learned that I was tolerating losing. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I think from, from that point forward, um, you know, there was no magic tricks. There was nothing we really did all too differently. Uh, I think we just, um, we learned as a, as a staff, as a team that, you know, we needed, we needed to adjust. And I think once we got the first couple of wins, we, we won three games in a row in our conference, uh, coming out of Christmas break. And I, I think that's when I finally realized that like, you know, winning is just so much, so much better. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and I think that little chip has kind of carried me through the last couple of years and um, you know, helped me to stay motivated. I think I've learned um, I've learned how to motivate myself to work. I think I've learned um, decently well how, how to motivate players and coaches the same. Um, I, I think I've learned. Um, I, I think I've learned to trust people a little bit more. Honestly, yeah. Um, you know, I think you can blindly put your, your, your trust in your faith and, and some people right off the bat. Um, and, and that will help them buy into to your beliefs and your thoughts even more. Yeah. Um, I've been really fortunate to have, you know, amazing assistant coaches uh, over my time here at John Jay in six years. I think we've had uh, 14 different guys who have you know, held the title of an assistant coach for us. And you, know, you look at that from the outside and you're like, you know, why is there so much turnover and, um, you know, what I've tried to do with the program, we don't have a lot of, of funds to, to put out there. So we have a lot of guys, 12 of the 14 have been, uh, you know, it's their first job in college coaching. Yeah. Um, and I think what I've learned is, is I love that. Yeah. I, I love having guys who are hungry. I love having guys who are going to work. I love having guys that, you know, it's not the, their end goal to be an assistant coach at John Jay and, and they're working for themselves to, to get out and, um, as much as I thought I would hate losing assistance, I love seeing them at other places and being successful and, and carrying on some of the things that we've done uh, within our program. So, um, really roundabout answer to your question. Yeah, no, that's but, great, Coach. Um, I've learned I've learned a lot. Yeah, no, it sounds like it. And like you said, you're going to continue to learn, and I think that's very important uh, as coaches, leaders, influencers. I, th- you know, we hear about influencer marketing. Uh, when we as coaches, I think are the biggest influencers right now, uh, especially in this time where like 
nothing's happening. But during the season, for sure, we're the biggest influencers because we influence play time. We influence the families in the stands and everybody everybody cares about what we're doing right or wrong and they're ready to criticize too but uh that's a whole nother story but i like what you said coach about tolerating losing i think a lot of coaches out there find themselves sometimes in that rut and in that funk if you will because that's what it is it really is a funk it's like you show up every day i've been through it before uh probably like 2004 2005 around that time frame coaching a high school team and those boys were they did the best they could they just didn't have the talent, but they came to practice every day. And after a while, practice just, be, just became kind of like going through the motions. And I had to stop myself and say, what am I doing to make their experience better? Because we're losing. Like, it's not fun to go out and lose when everybody expects you to lose. It's just not. And, uh, you know, we did some things differently, got a little innovative, creative about it. We win, we win one game, then all of a sudden it's like, we beat the Chicago Bulls and 96 Bulls. I mean, that's what it felt like, you know? And so it's just one of those things of really, like you said, learn how not to tolerate losing. Stop yourself. Because you can still be good to your, your, your squad. You can still be a good administrator, organized. You can still be good at all, everything else. But losing, man, that's just that's something you want to start becoming uh, desensitized to. You know, don't let it be the be all and end all, but definitely don't let it you get too comfortable because I've been there. And like you said, coach, how you were feeling. So I appreciate you saying that because I don't think that's talked about enough. Uh, because if you look at the whole spectrum of coaches, not everybody's winning every game. And there's a lot of guys out there that are losing at a high rate and they need to kind of get some solutions. And one of them is first thing is just to come to terms with what's really going on. And if they're comfortable with losing, they need to kind of stop that and uh, put an end to it. So I really do appreciate you bringing that up, Coach, because that's something that I we don't talk about enough on this show. And I don't know if anybody else does, but something we really need to kind of uh, confront, if you will. So, Coach, here again, I appreciate you being on. Uh, I was asked this question as my last question about legacy, and I know you have a long, long ways to go. So it's kind of a working legacy, Coach, kind of to think, we'll begin with the end in mind, like, you want to you want to look at where you want to be at some point or at the end of your career, but more than anything, what people are saying about you. Uh, what would you want to be said of you, Coach, at the end of your career? I think I think it's a really uh, it's a great question and a really hard one to answer. Yeah. Um, so I'll try my best. Um, you know, I, I think I'm I'm okay, and and I would love for my legacy to be. Um, you know, basketball second, uh, whatever, you know, success we have, if this is the best year I ever have as a coach or, or we have, you know, 50 more 20 win seasons. Um, I think I'd always want basketball to kind of be second in, in my legacy. Um, you know, I think I've, I've learned, I think I've grown a ton over the years and, um, you know, what got me into coaching is not what wakes me up every day. Um, I, I don't wait, I don't wake up because I'm excited to, you know, draw plays or, or, you know, try to out scheme somebody else. I wake up cause I have great people around me. Um, I enjoy the, the student athletes I get to deal with every day, whether it's you know in my office or now via, you know, zoom conferences. Um, you know, I, I really care about them. And, and I, I think, um, you know, I think the, the ability and the opportunity I've had at John Jay, 
um, you know, thanks to Carol Cashow, the athletic director who hired me, the opportunity to, to build a program and, and kind of learn that from the inside, how much all the other stuff matters to me. Um, you know, I, I think if, if, if my legacy was to end today, I, I hope it would just be that, you know, people who were part of our program know that I cared about them, know that I, I wanted them to be successful on and off the court. Um, you know, know that you know, we tried some things outside the box and, you know, sometimes they worked and sometimes they didn't, but, um, you know, it, it was fun along the way. And um, I really just, uh, I think my legacy, I, I prefer it to be about me as a person first and, and then as a coach second. Coach, I appreciate your time. I really do. I know time's valuable right now, especially you got all this, this good uh, honeydew list time as well. Uh, you know, I appreciate you coming on and spending some time and you're, you're sharing your perspective, man. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, you know, I really enjoyed listening, um, to everything you've been putting out there and, and you know, really fortunate to be asked to, to speak with you today. No coach. I appreciate you. Thank you.